Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Happy Easter. Let us pick up the last couple verses of the reading from the Gospel of John assigned for today. We read the first 16 verses in our opener. We're going to pick up at 16 and read through 18. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She turned, uh, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our God. Got to get all my gadgets in place. All right. Good morning. Welcome to the bridge at St. Paul's. Welcome to this place and space of our God. Easter is real. So what? So what? That's my grandson. That's Benjamin. Two-year-old Benjamin had no clue the treasure that was in front of him front of him on the grass. Yesterday, we went to the Muskego City and Muskego Lions Club Easter egg hunt. And for the two, the two to zero-year-olds, it wasn't much of a hunt. I could see them all. This big circle of rope about 25 feet across, 50 kids and parents all the way around. And here's Benjamin. And I'm like, okay, dude, as soon as they say go, and 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one. But he didn't do that. He froze. And I'm thinking, doodlet, there's like candy up there. And I had to pull him across and coax him and get him to reach out and grab candy. And he didn't quite put two and two together until one of those gold coins that's made out of chocolate that's covered in the foil that was warm in the sun. He picked it up and he <laughs> chocolate all over his hands and boom, the light bulb came on. But until that moment, he didn't know what was in front of him. Earlier that morning, i got to move Mike's tambourine because I don't have any rhythm, so that's not going to help. Um, earlier that morning, I'm out for a walk. Prayer time, sermon thought time, walking past quick, quick trip. And, whoa, I found a lottery ticket. And I thought, wow, I, I wonder how these work. I've never bought one. Not because it's sinful and wrong to buy one, but because I always think of what Jesus says about the camel and the eye of the needle. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Not at all saying that rich people don't go to heaven or that rich people can't be saved, but what he's saying to us there is that wealth can so easily capture the heart and change our life. 
And so I looked at it, and I looked, and I thought, I don't know if it's windy or not, but I don't believe it is. And I put it away for today. I'm assuming scratched off, it, it wasn't a winner, and that's why it was in the grass, right? Well, I don't believe. I would never buy and believe, right? Uh, but Jesus, on Easter Sunday morning, Jesus walked out of the grave alive. The only man who ever could and will walk out of the grave under his own power, by his own will, he walked out alive. Just as he had promised. He had said of himself that the Son of Man would be, would, would, would be uh, put on trial by the leaders of the people, that he would be killed and would die, and on the third day would rise again, and then he did. And he walked out of the tomb as a treasure for the world, the winning ticket for the world. Whether people know it or not, believe it or not, it's what he is. And Easter is real. And so what? It's ours to ponder and to know and to share. Our, our text began this way. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. What did Easter mean to you? What does Easter mean to you? What did it mean to you, let's say, when you were five? When I was five, Easter was all about the Easter basket and the eggs, and if I had the biggest chocolate bunny. When I was 15, in all honesty, Easter was a little bit about the basket, but a lot about all that extra church. And then there was family, and there was ham. And then when my, the 15-year-old me became the 35-year-old me, my wife introduced me to ham gravy, and that was gold. But that was 15. When you're 35, then all of a sudden, no basket except you're preparing it. You invited your guests, extra church, yeah, but you got to plan cleaning the house, cooking the food around that extra church, and then family's there and all that stuff. Yeah, but wow, you're tired. But when you're 75, Easter's real. At 75, you don't know that, you don't just know that death is coming. You know that death is right around the corner. Even better than that, death is standing right next to you. And all of a sudden, Jesus walking out of the grave alive is awesome and so real and so important. But Mary didn't know that as she was standing outside the tomb. Mary was stuck on Good Friday. You see, she loved this Jesus of Nazareth. She was different than any man, any human being she had ever known. And now he was dead. The one who had called himself the Messiah, the anointed one, who would be the savior of God's people, was dead. What do I do? Well, she did the only thing she knew how to do. She prepared spices to go and finish the Jewish ritual of honoring the body 
by wrapping it in spices. And she got to the tomb, and the, and the stone was rolled away. And her first thought was, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and they don't, we don't know where, where they've put him. And she ran to tell the disciples. Mary was stuck. Throughout this reading, whenever we read the resurrection account, you and I need to be careful. We can't be judgy and too quick to judge. Have you ever been stuck at Good Friday? Stuck in the emotion of this life and the hurts of this life? Maybe mom died when you had kind of a 15-year-old's view of Easter. Kind of about the candy, kind of about family and ham and ham gravy, but extra church. But all of a sudden, mom or maybe a best friend in high school passed away. They used to sit in the desk right over here. They were here before Easter break, and they're not here now. And with all that emotion and all that hurt, you can look at the winning ticket in your hand of Jesus risen from the dead, and you're like, what good is he? What good is this ticket? We've all been there. Which is why it's such a blessing that Easter is all about pondering too, isn't it? To ponder what happened and why. And it's all about timing, God's timing, and it's all about God's patience for you and for me. For some of us, it may take until we're 75 before the Easter basket as the prize is replaced by the empty tomb. Or that nonsensical bunny is replaced by a living Savior who says, I have come that you may have life as you find it in me. Sometimes it takes until we're 75, but our Savior works with us. Wherever you are at, our Savior works with us and helps us to know and to grow into who he is. That's the way it was for Peter and John. Mary told them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. And the two of them, these two friends, go running for the tomb. But John is younger, swifter of foot. He wins the foot race to the tomb. And he runs and he stops at the door, maybe in youth a little bit leery to go in. But he looks inside and he sees the linen strips that had been around the body over in their spot and the, and the cloth that had been around his head over in their it's, it's spot folded neatly. And John pondered. It didn't look like a grab-and-go to him. It was an orderly and planned exit. And he's pondering. And then all of a sudden, Peter comes barreling in behind him, and he runs right into the tomb, because that's just how Peter rolled. And Peter saw the linen separate from each other, and he pondered. Then young John walks in behind, and he looks. And we're told he looked and he believed. He believed that Jesus had come back to life. But then we're told this amazing thing that both of them still didn't understand why he had to rise from the dead. But remember that God always meets us where we're at, right? Peter was still stuck in a bit of a rut. You see, Peter was a disciple of Jesus, but he also kind of wanted to be Jesus' agent. You know, Lord, I don't think we're going to go to Jerusalem right now. This whole idea of you dying and, you know, and then rising on the third day, not a good idea. And Lord, even if all of them are going to betray you and turn away, I never will. I'm your guy. 
Peter wanted to be Jesus' agent. But he lost control. It didn't go the way he thought it should. And here he was standing in a tomb, his Lord's tomb, linen here, linen there, pondering this thing called Easter. Now again, careful. Careful as we read. Careful and don't be quick to judge. Oh, you disciples, why didn't you get it? Are you and I ever slow to believe, ever slow to trust God's promises? Some of you know the story of my mom. In 1993, she was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. She went to, be, to heaven to be with Jesus in 2017. 24 years with Parkinson's disease, 14 years in a nursing home, with Parkinson's disease. And did we ponder Easter for 24 years? Now, my mom was feisty. That's a good way of putting it. My mom was feisty. And there were times that she was snarky with the, with the nursing staff as her physical ability was taken from her, as her mental sharpness went away. But all of us knew when we would go see mom, in our heart of hearts, we knew that when she looked down at the at, in faith at her hand, she saw the winning ticket. That Jesus had risen to life for her. And when she died, God took her safely home. But for 24 years, we pondered, and our God was patient, and he helped us grow. You see, our God also wants us to know that Easter is a personal thing. And so we catch up with Mary Magdalene. Standing outside the tomb crying. You see, Mary loved Jesus dearly. And not as a woman loves a man, but as a Christian loves her Savior. Why? The Bible tells us this amazing fact about Mary, that Jesus had once cast out of her seven demons. Now careful, don't judge. Some people love to speculate, why seven demons? We don't know. All we're told is she had seven demons, but think about this. To have one demon inside of you torturing your, your mind and your heart would be bad enough, but to have seven? And then Jesus freed her of seven. But then our Jesus, he knows us so personally. So when she's standing there in her sorrow and her grief, Jesus is like, okay, we need to send two angels down there. We need, we need to rock Mary's world. And all of a sudden, she looked into the tomb, and there were two men dressed in white. Angels, were told. Good spirits, the servants of the Almighty God. Spirits who had not come to accost her or torture her mind, but to talk with her. Because the God who made us is all about relationship. And so they, I believe, with a smile on their face, said, well, Woman, why are you crying? And Mary says, well, they've taken my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. 
And right about then, I picture in my head, as Mary's looking at the angels, all of a sudden the angels, their gaze is cast to someone standing behind her. And Mary turns, and it's Jesus. She doesn't recognize him, we're told, whether it was because of the tears in her eyes that she couldn't see clearly, or the, or the great emotion in her heart that was fogging her mind, or did Jesus simply make her not know in the moment we don't know. But the cool thing is that in that moment, in personal care for every soul, the Good Shepherd appeared to Mary. The Good Shepherd. Jesus had called himself the Good Shepherd. He said, I am the Good Shepherd, and Mary would have been there for that sermon. I am the Good Shepherd. I will lay down my life for my sheep, but I will pick it up again. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I will call them by name, and I will lead them to safe pastures, to green pastures. You see, Easter is personal. Where are you, are you at in your spiritual journey? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever wanted Jesus to make Easter personal for you? To call you by name? To step into your life and say, Denise, yeah, Lord. You know, if, if you want that personal experience of Easter, you grab hold of something called the Bible. You can pull out your phone, but this is a lot more cuddly, I think. You know, pull, open up your Bible, and, and Jesus speaks to you. And whenever I read God's Word, I try to do it this way, where I think of every page, at the top is written, Dear Nate. And at the bottom of the page, with love, comma, your Jesus. And it's written in his blood. This is for you, Nathan. And he speaks to us personally. And then there's this other thing that, he, that Jesus gave his church. We do this at the bridge every Sunday at 10 o'clock ahead of 10.30. It's called Holy Communion. It's called Lord's Supper. Because Jesus knows that we need the personal touch. And so when he says, Denise, take and eat. Take and drink. This is for you, for the forgiveness of sins. It's like Jesus comes into our life, reaches out, and hugs us and says, for you, for you, for the forgiveness of our sins. You see, Easter is personal that way. The Good Shepherd knows where we live, what we're struggling with, what we're going through, and he knows what to do to speak to us and to draw us close to himself. Mary, Denise, Nate. Mary turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. 
Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. When Mary Magdalene went to the the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Did you notice what Jesus said to Mary? Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Imagine Mary's heart, the human side of her. Here's Jesus back in her life. And there was a part of her that wanted to hang on to him and, and Jesus stay just like the good old days before all this darkness. Just stay. And she wanted to hold on and, and Mary, he would have smiled and said, Mary, don't hold on to me here in this moment as you knew me. You see, Jesus was on a journey. A journey home to heaven paving the way for us. And he had promised that he would go and prepare a place for us and then come back for us. But he needed to go. And so he said to her, Mary, don't hang on to me here. Hang on to me there. Hang on to me in the place I have won for you and for me. For my father is not just my father. My father is your father. My God is your God. Hang on to me there. Think about it. Isn't it amazing how Easter can change for us between five years old and 75 years old? And how we grow and how we mature and how important Easter becomes for you and me. But here at the bridge, we come week after week, Sunday after Sunday, Easter after Easter. And we gather in this place to remember what Jesus has done for us. But as we do that, does it ever happen that the darkness of this world, the troubles of this world can crowd in and we see the evil around us in this world and the the, the darkness of this world can almost seem to suffocate our faith. And we can walk into worship, even here, and feel like the tomb when we forget that it's empty. And maybe our own personal sin, the wrong that we've done that, that spooks around in our memory, maybe that sin tries to hide, the devil uses it to try to hide the face of Jesus. But if we come here week after week, Easter after Easter, You know who walks in the doors with us? The Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd who knows his sheep, every one of us, by name. And he calls out and he says, Nate, Cheryl, Ryan, I know you. Look to me and you will live. I told Mike before this, this service, I said, I've ha- been having trouble landing the plane on the sermon. There's so much in my head and heart. And he said to me, you know, this is how God works sometimes. You finish things total last minute because the Spirit's working on you. And Mike said, you know what? Sometimes if I want to forget about something and move on, I guess I have to get, get after it and get busy and get to work. So what did Jesus tell Mary to do as she's processing Easter? Absorbing it personally, he says, go. 
right there. Go, tell my brothers. And so she ran to tell the disciples, he is risen just like he said, the tomb is empty. You know, when Jesus was born, when he was conceived, God said, you're going to name him Jesus. A name that means Savior. Did he not live up to his name? Is he not worthy of the name Jesus and Savior and King? You see, my friends, Easter's real. So what? It's the proof that we will rise. It is the truth that we will live. Say it with me. He is risen. Hallelujah. Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are this great, magnificent, and glorious God that we can't fit into our heads how you could be Father, Son, and Spirit in one God. Yet today we rejoice and reflect on the fact that that's okay. That we don't understand exactly who you are. We know what you did. Father, you sent your Son to die for our sins and for the sins of the world. And Son of God, Jesus, you raised your hand to take on that role and to die for us and to go through the grave and out alive again, guaranteeing that we will one day live forever with you in heaven. And Holy Spirit, you are the one who shares that story through the written word of God and through the waters of holy baptism and through the amazing gift of the supper. Continue to teach us, Heavenly Father, Son, and Spirit, how great a day Easter is for us. Jesus, your grave is empty, and ours will be too. We will go home to heaven where you have gone before. And we will live with you because this life, though it seems to be so much about here, it's about there. It's about you, our life with you. Thank you for teaching us and living for us the truth that one day we will leave this earth and live forever with you in heaven. And we thank you that on this day we understand that Easter is real that it's for us to ponder and that it is something you make personal for each and every one of us. Thank you for being our Savior God. Thank you for giving us life eternal. Thank you for allowing us to say in echo form, He is risen. Hallelujah. Let us pray together the prayer that our Savior taught us, pulling all of our thoughts together through His Word. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. And now receive with believing hearts the blessing in the name of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And together the people of God say, Amen. 
Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.